In this episode, we talk about music from Anthony and the Johnsons, guided by voices Taylor Swift and Neil Young, and we also talk about the book Hyperbole and a Half by Ali Brosh. That and whatever else we touch on. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. there, Checkmates. It's your old Uncle Derek coming to you on a day in St. Louis that was reasonably uh, comfortable. Got into the like low 80s. A little bit rainy, depending on where you were, but basically a nice day. Uh, that's that's your, your empty checking weather report. The day that I recorded this was basically nice in St. Louis. Uh, I think it's supposed to rain most of the rest of the week. Uh... But that seems to be hit and miss. Like, they said that last week, too, and there was a lot more not rain than I was expecting. Didn't mow the lawn, because I kept expecting rain. Or every time that I did mow the lawn, or did, like, think, okay, I'll mow the lawn today, it did rain. Uh, So, lawn's still not mowed. Uh, Which is sort of to the benefit of the backyard, because the back actually looks like it has grass on it now. I've got I've got a lot of bare spots in the back, but if you overgrow it, a little bit like a uh, little little bit like your hairline. If you overgrow it, it looks a lot uh, fuller. Um, why am I telling you about my lawn? It doesn't matter. I I, I need to mow the lawn. That's the the bullet point here. Uh, yeah, been kind of a kind of a weird week as far as the weather, and it's it's going to kind of continue to be. Had some scary weather, had some not-so-scary weather. It's probably like where you live. But hey, what would this show be if I didn't tell you what the weather was? Uh, shorter is what it would be. I hope everybody out there is doing okay. Uh, I'm doing all right, I guess. I've been uh, I've been tired and a little bit overworked and, under, and underslept, uh, and I, I guess, or something like that. Uh, I've got cats who have decided to get active right now as I hit record. Uh, there's a Maguire here sniffing my can of liquid death uh, water. Started drinking liquid death water. They are not a sponsor of this show, by the way. Uh, I know they sponsor stuff sometimes. They are not sponsoring this show. If they want to, I can be bought, and I think you'll find I'm surprisingly affordable. Uh, but liquid death, it's sparkling water. And some, like, flavored-type sparkling waters. Uh, it's the water that, like, is the big can with the kind of gothic-looking font and, like, the skull art on it. It looks like it looks like it should be a beer or something alcoholic, but it's, it's, it's sparkling water. They're trying to make uh, drinking water cool. Big 19-ounce cans, and it uh, looks like, a, looks like a, a tall boy, as the idiots say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, just, it's, it's water in a big aluminum can, and, uh, they're trying to make water look cool, and make it cool to drink water, which, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, making it cool to drink water, but I do think that's, like, that, uh, in concept bugs me a little, and I can't put my finger on why, I just think, why can't you just be water, why do you have to try to be cool, why can't you just be water, uh, you know, so I, the incredulity 
like welled up in my soul as soon as I heard about them, and I was like, ah, just water, you know, whatever. Uh, and then I actually had some this week, and uh, it's really good water. <laughs> I, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I I still don't think you necessarily have to make water seem cool. Water is just a necessity. It's basic. You know, you need water. But if you're going to make a water brand, why not make really good water and make it appeal to uh, people who are susceptible enough to think that if there's a skull on the can, then they're cool. Um, that's that's what they're doing, and they're doing it very well. They're, they've got some really good you know penetration into the culture. They've, they're sponsoring things. People are going to them for sponsorships. Uh, I effectively just called their brand their branding stupid, so it's doubtful that they'll come to me. But if they do, here's the thing. Uh, I, yeah, all right, fine. I had some pushback on what that, like, you know, the catchphrase is murder your thirst. And, like, the side of the can says recycle or die. You know, they're trying very hard to sound metal and cool. But they're also sponsoring Metallica, you know, which is also trying hard to sound metal and cool. Uh, they're, they're you know, I, I, yes, incredulous is the word for how I felt toward them when I first heard of them in concept and saw their cans out there and whatnot. Well, it's just water. Why? Why are you doing that? The answer is because it's really good water and the marketing is working well for them. So you can't really fault them for that. Uh, I've tried three varieties. I've tried the sparkling water in the black can. I've tried the lime water in the green can. I've tried the mango water in the uh, gold can. Real big fan of the mango. That's actually what sold me. Is I went, ah, it's, it's, it's so dumb. They're using like this, you know, sort of tattoo imagery and this metal imagery to try and, you know, get people to drink water. And, uh, ooh, there's a mango one. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what happened. Because <laughs> I like mango. So, uh, partial to the mango one, and it's made me soften on, on their imagery. I'm now for Liquid Death's imagery. Who, by the, by the way, again, not sponsoring this show in any way. Uh, I'll tell you this, though. If it does get people to drink water, because nobody drinks enough water, except for me, I mostly drink water. Occasionally, you know, beer or whiskey or vodka or whatever. But I, I like, the main thing I drink throughout my day is water. Uh, but most people don't do that. Most people are drinking stuff that's way bad for them and, and that's actually drying them out because, you know, soda and coffee and stuff actually dries you out, which I know is counterintuitive, but it's true. Look it up. Uh, yeah, it's, if their, if their dumb gimmick is able to get people drinking water and get people healthier, then good for them, you know? So Liquid Death, check them out. I, they've got my thumbs up, and they didn't even ask for it. If they ask for it, I'll censor parts of this episode and, uh, release really glowing commercials. Murder Your Thirst with Liquid Death. Do it. And go see Metallica when they're in, in town near you, who are sponsored by Liquid Death. Um, there are some websites that go along with this show that you can check out if you want to. If you like the show, it has a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on all of the podcast apps, including the one that you're listening to it on now. If you want to know more about me, go on over to DerekBrink.com. There's lots of stuff to click on there, mostly about my music career. Speaking of which, if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, you can get it all for free over at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and you can just take it. I won't even know that you took it. I don't collect your email address. I would just love it if 
you loved it. And if you want to email me here at the show to tell me that you agree with me, disagree with me, or want to sponsor me if you're liquid death, you can do that at my initials, db at derekbrink.com. So how's the microphone sounding for everybody? Did a did a little bit of last week's show talking about the new microphone. Uh, I think it's I, I think it sounded pretty good on that episode. I might I, I might just keep this thing. Might get a second one for when Dave's here. It, it's it's a pretty good microphone. I, I I like the I like the sound of it. I like the tone. Thoughts? Anybody? Email me if you have thoughts. Uh, we got a we got a decent show for you. I have a feeling it's going to be a little short because I don't have a lot to say about one of the things, and I've only got two sort of sort of breaks to do here, two like segments, I guess, to do here. But uh, I I think it'll be I think it'll be a good one. It might just be short. Heads up if you're the type of person who bases the length of your workout session to how long an episode of Empty Trekking is. You're going to get off a little easy this week, I think, unless I go on some kind of rant, which is always possible. So uh, yeah, I think I think that'll get us into into the start of the show. I think I think that's all I've said. All we got the websites in. Please sponsor me, Liquid Death. Uh, cats are doing okay. You've heard them running around a little, maybe. Unless I edited that out. I'm all right. We got the weather report in. Yeah, I think we got the I think we got the intro out of the way. We can actually start the show now. talk to you for a little bit about a book that was handed to me that I do not actually own, but I might go out and buy my own copy of. The book is Hyperbole and a Half by Ali Brosh. You may or may not be familiar with Hyperbole and a Half. It's also a blog that's kind of a webcomic that uh, Ms. Brosh writes. Uh, crudely drawn cartoons with just funny day-to-day happenings or old memories or stories or that kind of thing. Uh, I had been familiar with the blog, with the comic I had, that had come into my periphery every now and again. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I probably would not have picked up the book on my own. My friend Josh, friend of the show, hi Josh, my friend Josh uh, handed me his copy and said, hey, this is probably your speed, take a look. And I said, yeah, all right, I'll take a look. Because I basically trust Josh. We have very similar uh, pop culture feelings. So uh, I, I gave it a look. Again, I was already familiar with the webcomic slash blog, so I expected more of the same. And it is basically more of the same. Um, it's just little slice-of-life moments from Ali Brosh's life that are funny and kind of interesting and sometimes a little bit, uh, sometimes even a little bit moving, but usually just kind of funny and, and, you know, just sort of quirky in the way that you might expect from a blogger. Uh, the... Description written on the cover of it is unfortunate situations, flawed coping mechanisms, mayhem, and other things that happened. And that's a pretty accurate summary of the book. That's that's pretty much all you need to know. If you like kind of goofy art and, uh, you know, just funny slice-of-life scenarios that happen to a lady and her dog, uh, check out Hyperbole and a Half. I mean, I could really end this here, but I should. I feel like I should give you a little bit more of a taste of it. Uh, I knew that 
I was in for a good time when I read the dedication page, which, by the way, I always read the dedication page in a book. A lot of people skip over that stuff just to get to the meat of the story, skip over dedications and intros and stuff. I read that stuff. Sometimes I don't read the intros, because sometimes the intros spoil the book. Uh, I don't know why publishers do that, but sometimes, you know, you'll read, uh, let's see, I, I'm going to... Gonna use Moby Dick. Moby Dick spoiler coming in the next like thirty seconds. Uh, like you'll read the intro to Moby Dick, and it'll be like, sure, he ends up harpooned to the whale at the end. But, and you kind of go, well, what the? F I don't need to read this now, you know. <laughs> and but uh, so sometimes I skip introductions, but I always read dedication pages. I think they're interesting. Because I don't know who these people are, but they were important to the person that wrote it, and I I don't know. I just. I kind of like that. I kind of like reading... I also read thank you lists and albums. Uh, Ms. Brosh, uh, Ali Brosh, the, de the dedication page starts with, For Scott, what now, fucker? And uh, I knew I was in for a good time when I saw that as the dedication page. And it's also for her mom, dad, uh, Katie, Lori, Duncan, Sarah, Joey, and Lee. Apparently they're all great, she says. Uh, but yeah, I like that her dedication started off with what now, fucker. That is maybe the best dedication I have ever read in my life. Uh, the first chapter is just her writing a letter back to her 10-year-old self. Her 10-year-old self had written her a letter in the future and buried it. She'd written it to the 25-year-old herself in the future and buried it in the yard. And when she was in her tw 20s, she remembered this, dug it up, and read it, and was alarmed at how out of touch with reality her 10-year-old self seemed to be, who mainly asked about what kind of dogs she likes, and is her current dog still alive, and uh, here are the dogs I like in order of how much I like that breed of dog. By the way, are mom and dad still alive? That's kind of the letter that she got from her 10-year-old self, and she was like, well, that's alarmingly out of touch. So she wrote back to her 10-year-old self here, uh, because her 10-year-old self, at the end of the letter, said, please write back, which uh, is fascinating. <laughs> that's just, that, that's fascinating. And she gets into that a little bit. But uh, So she writes back, and she writes back to her 10-year-old self, and also like her 4-year-old self, and her 7-year-old self, and I think gets up to like her 13-year-old self before she decides, all right, everybody else did okay. But these particular years, here's stuff you should know. And uh, that's that's kind of the first chapter. So that's that's a taste of what the book is like. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I again, like I said, glancingly familiar with the subject, but probably wouldn't have picked it up on my own. It took someone handing it to me and saying, "Here, give this a look." For me to give it a look. Sometimes that's how things work. Ultimately, I'm glad that I did give it a look. I had a lot of fun with it. Just fun slice of life stuff. I like that kind of thing. That's really what everybody's autobiography should be just like here's a bunch of weird stories that happened to me put into an order i've decided on maybe it's chronological maybe it isn't but here's here's some stuff that happened and it's i don't know i thought this was interesting and kind of fun and funny that's that's what an autobiography should be that's what a blog should be that's not what my blog is derekbrink.wordpress.com uh but that's that's what most blogs should be she's doing it right she did it right then. I think this book's probably 10 years old by now. I don't know if she ever did a follow-up. Uh, I did very little research going into this, just basing it off of what I remembered and what I read. Uh, it was a good read. Thank you, Josh, for the recommendation. I will, at some point, remember to return the book to you before 
either of us dies. Probably, I can't even promise that because what if you know what? Who knows? But uh, I will make every effort to get it back to you before one of us dies. Uh, if you should die before I do and I have not returned it, I will bring it to the funeral. Uh, but I, uh, presuming that I don't die <laughs> in the, the handful of days after you've already been dead, I'll bring your book to your funeral <laughs> and give it to your very confused parents. Uh, this is Josh's. I thought you'd like to have it. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sorry. This isn't funny. I, I really hope you don't die. Uh, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I like that I would be that tone deaf at a, at any given funeral. Maybe, uh, maybe if anybody else dies, I'll take it to their funeral. Uh, just, <laughs> hey, this belonged to my friend Josh, and I think you should have it. <laughs> oh, I need to go to bed. You see, this is what happens. I've had a lot of nights lately where I haven't been sleeping, or where I've been sleeping briefly and then waking up with anxiety dreams, uh, and uh, it's, it's making me extra weird. So I apologize <laughs> to Josh and also to all the checkmates out there who have no idea what's going on right now. Um, hyperbole and a half. Ali Brosh, check it out. Worth your time. Made me laugh. Made me uh, feel things every now and again, uh, as as one is free to do. And uh, I just I had a good time with it. And I, I again I might go pick up my own copy here sometime. I think it's still in publication. If not, it's got to be at used bookstores and whatnot. Everything's at used bookstores. Even like the original copy of the Bible is out there somewhere. Ran into a ran into an autographed copy of the Bible at uh, at a half price books once. They they have everything. It started out with wanting. My refrigerator has turned on and my cats have begun batting at bugs on the other side of the glass door on the back of the house. Some people might call that the back door. They've uh, started batting at bugs over there, so there's a refrigerator running, there's cats doing the batting. You might be in for a stop and start type of segment here, or just a segment with a lot of background noise. We'll find out together. Uh, we've got some music to talk about. We've got a reasonably healthy stack of music to talk about, although one of the things we're talking about is kind of a box set, and we're going to do that all as one piece. Anyway, uh, I want to talk to you about a couple things that came out recently, one of which, the, the first of which, uh, this of which, uh, is the new album by uh, Anthony and the Johnsons called My Back Was a Bridge for You to Cross. Anthony and the Johnsons, uh, no disrespect in saying what I'm about to say, formerly known as Anthony and the Johnsons, formerly Anthony Hegarty. Anthony has gone through a name change and pronoun changes to feminine uh, pronouns. I'm m mentioning the previous name only for the sake of giving context to those who it might be beneficial for. I will proceed to only use the current name and pronouns. Uh, Anthony and the Johnsons put out My Back Was a Bridge for You to Cross. I was excited about this, because it's been a while since there's been an Anthony and the Johnsons uh, release. Uh, or there's been a couple Anthony releases that I have not picked up, not for any reason other than I only found out about them recently. 
McGuire, did you get it? <laughs> did you get that bug you were batting at? No, because you're still staring at it. You're going to jump again. I can see it. There it was. Told you. All right. Uh, yeah, there's been a couple of Anhoney releases that I really only found out about recently and I haven't been able to find yet. I'm sure I could Amazon, but I love the thrill of a hunt in a record store. Um, but yeah, I, there hasn't been a Johnson's and, and the Johnson's release for quite some time. Uh, so I was excited about this because I've always been a fan of, of that group and that particular project name and I was just interested to see, okay, well, what's happening now? Because it's always so ethereal and beautiful. And uh, I listened to this and was a little bit surprised to find that it was sort of almost soul music, uh, which was which threw me. Um, it wasn't what I wanted out of the project, to be honest with you. I wanted... I wanted the old stuff, you know, the stuff that I'm I'm very familiar with. I wanted that stuff, and I didn't get that stuff, because you don't always get that stuff. Sometimes you get the new thing, and this time I got the new thing. So it took a couple lessons before I went, yeah, okay, there's still some really beautiful stuff here. It's a different take on the way I am used to hearing this voice, but that doesn't make it a bad one. It's just very different. If you're going in expecting to hear uh, Hope There's Someone again, you're kind of not going to. You're going to hear something that's got a little bit of a different vibe to it. But it's still a very good vibe. What they, I guess, because it's the band. Let's Yeah, let's say they. What they are uh, doing now is just as interesting and just as well done. It's just different. And different can be very, very good, and this is very, very good. I'll be honest with you, it is not bound for my top ten this year, but it's definitely something that I'm going to come back to and, and listen to some more, especially when I'm in the mood to hear Anthony's wonderful, wonderful voice, which is always just such a treat to hear. Really good record. Not a top ten record for me. Maybe it is for you, and if it is for you, that's great. I would love to hear your top ten list at, at the end of the year. Uh, it's it, it definitely belongs in that conversation for a lot of people. I just sort of already know the shape of mine. It is uh, just now August, and I know the shape of my top ten list for December. So that's where we are. But yeah, really good album. Really good album, and I highly recommend it if you're a fan of Anthony and, and, and her voice as you know, over the years. Uh, of course, having worked with Rufus Wainwright and Lou Reed and, and lots of solo stuff, just one of those voices that you hear it and you go, oh, I, I know that voice. You know, I, I know that voice and that voice feels familiar and feels you know safe and warm. And even though even though that voice is singing some usually pretty sad stuff, I, uh, I, I feel I, I feel comfortable with that voice, you know, and you get that on this album. And that's really all you can ask for out of anything that Anthony does, and it's very, very present on this album, even if the music is a little bit different than what you expect going in. So Anthony and the Johnsons, my back was a bridge for you to cross. Check it out. And there's another goddamn Guided by Voices record. This is their second one this year. I think they did two, maybe three last year. They're just one of those bands that every time you turn around, there's a new record, and you're supposed to be as excited about it as you are, like, a, a band that's been away for a few years and finally got back together to put out a record. Guided by Voices fans are excited about every record, and there sure are a lot of them. It's exhausting. I It's hard to keep up. It's hard to find songs to like from record to record because you only get done absorbing one, and then there's a new one out. It's It's difficult. But here's the thing, the new album is really good. It's called Welsh Pool Frillies. 
I don't know what that means. That's the other thing about GBV. You gotta not care about what the lyrics are, because they could be anything, and they could mean anything. If I ever meet Bob Pollard, I'm gonna just say, Hey, Bob, thank you for years and years of awesome music. What is it about? What is any of it about? Uh, and he won't be able to explain. That's how that'll go. But Welsh Pool Frillies, I've really enjoyed listening to. I uh, A lot of people made a big deal about the uh, last album that came out this year, La La Land, I think, which I thought was fine. Perfectly good, guided by Voices record. But Welsh Pool Frillies has a chance of hitting my top ten. I've really been enjoying driving around listening to it. Good, good summer release. Guided by Voices is kind of a summer band for me. I just It's the kind of music I want to play loud with the windows down, and it, it should be a little hot. And uh, uh, they, they fit that mold pretty well, and I've really been enjoying them this particular summer. Maybe I need to go back and listen to some of the ones that I haven't been able to absorb because they release music too goddamn often, and uh, re-listen to them this summer while I'm enjoying them uh, anyway. It's a really good record. Uh, I, you know, it's, I don't have standout tracks. There are a couple that did stand out to me, uh, but I, uh, looking at the back of the album right now, I cannot tell you the names of what those songs are because I, these tracks could be anything. Uh, I, I know there were a couple that have jumped out at me, but I, they're not coming to me based on the song names. That's uh, that's the kind of band they are. Love them, and it's infuriating. <laughs> but uh, Welsh Pool Frillies, if you're going to buy one of the two they've put out this year so far, who knows if there's more, I would recommend this one over La La Land. But I think a lot of people are going the other direction and would prefer La La Land to this one. It's hard to hard to say. I still think Hold On Hope's a really good song, and for some reason, dedicated GBV fans, like, borderline hate that and are mad at you for, like, oh, you like the Gateway song. Yeah, I like the Gateway song. So does everybody else who likes this fucking band. Uh, I don't know who I'm mad at. It's a good album. Listen to it. Gutted by Voices, Welsh Pool, Frillies. Really like that one. Uh, let's talk about an old one that is also a new one, and then we're going to talk about a bunch of old ones. Uh, I picked up the uh, Taylor's version of Speak Now, Taylor Swift's Speak Now, Taylor's version. I've been picking up the Taylor's version releases as they've been coming out, and I've been enjoying them. I am relatively new to Taylor Swift, as all of you know. I kind of got in on the uh, Evermore album, or the one that was before that. What's the one where she's like, it's a mainly white cover, she's walking through the woods. I think that's Evermore. Folklore. It's folklore. I got in on the Folklore album and have been kind of picking up the stuff that she's been putting out since. Uh, really liked Midnight's. That was you know, huge on my top ten last year. She's been putting out reworked versions of her old material, basically to get the copyright back. She can re-record them and own the copyright. And I've been picking those up as they've been coming out. And Speak Now is the most recent one. Everybody who is a Taylor Swift fan already knows that and already has it and already has sung its praises. Uh, I gotta say, this is the uh, quote-unquote era of uh, Taylor Swift that I do not care for. Uh, it's it, don't, don't get me wrong. Very wonderfully performed. She's an excellent singer, excellent songwriter. The music is crisp. The arrangement is great. Her voice sounds as wonderful as ever. The, the, wonderful performance. Very, very well done. Not taking anything away from any of that. Talent beyond, well, not beyond compare, but a lot of talent. Uh, I don't like the lyric writing 
of this era of Taylor's career. Because, like, the title track is, uh, the, the, the point of the song is that she's crashing her ex's wedding, which she was not invited to on purpose, uh, so that she can, uh, speak up when the minister says, speak now or forever hold your peace, and she's going to, uh, steal him back from the woman that he's marrying that day. Uh, that's, that's the plot of that song, which, a couple issues there. One, nobody has done Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace in their wedding in, in my lifetime. That is not a part of a wedding anymore. So there is a massive flaw in your plan, Taybay. I call her Taybay, by the way, or sometimes uh, Tizzle Swizzle. Anyway, so that's, that's uh, flaw number one with it. Also, uh, yeah, you were not invited to that wedding because you do not belong at that wedding. Uh, it is not your wedding. He is not your boyfriend. You uh, are nothing to the woman that he's marrying. Uh, you were not invited on purpose. You have no business being there. There should be a picture of you at the front gate so that you are kept out by security because you're the kind of person who's going to interrupt a wedding and try to steal the groom. Therefore, you weren't invited to it. Take a hint. And also, I'm sure she wrote this song when she was, what, like 20 or something? Uh, reality check. They paid a lot for that wedding. They went through a lot to get to that wedding. There's a lot of money invested and a lot of people there that have also contributed money, and they are not going to walk out of that day married to anyone but each other or with anyone but each other. That is not even on the table for things that could potentially happen. They have thousands, probably tens of thousands of dollars invested in this wedding that you were not invited to, and uh, they are going to go through with it. That's just how it is. That's how life works. And also, he doesn't want you. He doesn't want you. He wants the woman that he is marrying, not you. And you need to realize that and move on with your life. Fictitious version of Taylor Swift that was created in this song. This, it's, it's an example of how stupid someone can be when they're jealous, when they're afraid of dying alone, and when they're sad. That's what this album is. And that's particularly what the title track is. And I just don't like it. I just don't like it. But I bought it because I think that she should own her own damn catalog. And it's very well performed. And I think every other album that she's done, I like. I just really don't like this one. <laughs> and, you know, or I, I, I at least like songs off of, you know, the other albums, if not the full albums. But I, uh, yeah, this is just, this one's not for me, even though I bought it. I've been wanting to say some of that for however many years since the original version of Speak Now came out. And uh, now I feel like I've got an educated approach to doing so because I've actually purchased and listened to the album. And I have a podcast where I can make all the Swifties mad at me. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm sorry, I guess. Although I'm kind of not, because some of you really need to hear that. Just because you feel something, that doesn't mean that you're right. And that's, that's sort of what, like, this era of Taylor Swift just highlights that. That, hey, I can tell you have real strong feelings. You're not right just because you have those feelings. And that's what I walk away with listening to this era of Taylor Swift. So... The dbaderekbrink.com. The email box is open. I'm ready to hear you out. I'm ready for you to call me every every name. 
I don't think I said anything cancelable. I just don't like this particular album and think that the lyrics and like the story structure is bad and fundamentally disagreeable. I would like if if you're mad at me for not liking that song and for uh, taking it too seriously or for not understanding why it's empowering, just imagine yourself in the bride's shoes and some lunatic comes in and is waiting for a minister to say, speak now or forever hold your peace, which he is never going to say. Uh, and th- like that lunatic is sitting there waiting for that. And because he's not going to say it, they're going to interrupt at some other time. And you're the bride standing there. Your dad paid for this wedding. There's an open bar because of your dad. And uh, this lunatic is trying to ruin the best day of your life. And it's on videotape. You're in a really expensive dress that you're going to wear once. Uh, the, you, uh, uh, like, time and commitment has been made. And there's this person, uh, yeah, hey, you should be with me instead, groom guy, who apparently is completely susceptible, highly controllable just by the most recent person to say that they like him. Doesn't speak well of him either. Imagine yourself in the bride's shoes during that, and, uh... I don't know, maybe maybe you'll see why I'm not a big fan of this. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I can't even think of any of the other songs on the album, because that one is such a sore thumb of terrible, terrible, terrible plot that I, I can't even get into the other songs. That's, like, sometimes, you know the thing, like, one bad apple spoils the bunch? This is a bunch of songs I cannot listen to because of that one terrible title track. It's the title track of the album, and it sucks. Come at me. I'm I'm sorry, but come at me. You're wrong. You're wrong on this one. She wrote a bad song with a bad plot. She named the album after it, and now I'm here complaining about it years later. I like a whole bunch of other Taylor stuff. Really loved her last few albums in particular. Uh, got in on the, uh, you know, I, I can't believe that I'd never got into Forever and Always and heard that on the uh, Taylor's Version remake and just like, oh yeah, this was a song I was always supposed to love. I, I'm not coming from a perspective of I hate Taylor Swift, I hate her fans and everything that she touches turns to shit. I'm not coming from that perspective. I'm coming from, this is someone who is a very smart songwriter, a very smart businesswoman, and is inspiring to many, many people, and she really dropped the ball on that one. That's where I'm coming to it from. If it helps, I'll say something negative about a band that I really like. Uh, the Who, Happy Jack is a bad song. Don't like Happy Jack. It's dumb. It's cheesy. I, I, I can't understand half of the lyrics because of the way that, that it was recorded. And what I do understand, it's sappy and, and cheesy and dumb. Don't like Happy Jack. We even? Because I love The Who more than most people love Jesus. And I just said Happy Jack sucks. You okay with me now, Swifties? Can we move on? Most of you probably really want to move on, so let's move on. The last thing I want to talk about is Neil Young put out a box set, as he has been doing lately, of the Neil Young official releases, discs 22 through 25, which basically covers the albums Freedom, uh, Ragged Glory, Weld, and Ark. So he's been doing that for a few years now, just releasing four albums at a time in a box set, and they're just new, clean masters of Neil's back catalog. And He's been doing this for a while. Uh, I have not been buying every box set. I've been buying the box sets that have at least mostly albums I don't already have in them. 
In this one, I already had the Freedom album, but I didn't have the other three. Although I have selections from on various things. But I, uh, I've been doing that. I've been buying the ones that I don't already have the albums of. Or there are actually some where he ends up sort of parting these out and selling them as individual albums a lot, too. So there are a number from this series that are in my collection that I just bought independently, one at a time. But uh, this is really the first of these box sets that I've bought, I'm on disc, starting on disc 22. Uh, it's the era of Neil Young that uh, uh, gives you, like, the Freedom album has Rockin' in the Free World on it. That is the song you're going to know from these albums. Uh, that is the song you're going to know from this era of Neil's career, probably. It's uh, Rockin' in the Free World. You know, you know the song. He did it with Pearl Jam on that thing, on that MTV thing in the 90s, and people still play that version. Uh, it, it's, it's a period of Neil's career where he wasn't writing a lot of hits. He had one massive hit with Rockin' in the Free World, and then kind of nothing, but he's been able to, to live off that, like, <laughs> ever since. It was, that was a huge, huge breakthrough song for him. And uh, just off of an album that was otherwise very much not like that, the rest of the Freedom album is pretty folky and pretty laid back and, and a completely different vocal mix than uh, took place in Rockin' in the Free World. Rockin' the Free World is mixed like a rock song. The rest of the vocals are mixed like folk songs and have very sort of sparse and uh, uh, reverb-heavy vocals and just sounds very different from Rockin' in the Free World. You wouldn't think it's the same album, but it is. Rockin' in the Free World actually would have worked better on the Ragged Glory album, but, you know, whatever. Uh, that's Again, that's the song that you're going to know from this series, although Weld and Ark are kind of dual live albums, so there's stuff on that that harkens back to other eras in his career. But... Uh, that's, that's sort of what we're looking at here. We're looking at that period, which is a really interesting period to look at if you're a big Neil Young fan, as I am. You kind of you can kind of trace Neil... Like it, it, I, I like when he releases sets like this and there's live albums in it because that tells you more about what he was doing at the time than the individual albums themselves, really. Because like the, it's almost like Neil was just making albums for the sake of touring or for the sake of getting down what he was thinking about that week, and then he would go on tour and play maybe some stuff from that album, but a lot of other stuff. And uh, his live shows, like I've got a bunch of live shows from throughout his his career, and those are always interesting to listen to, because you're like, oh, he's in a weird phase here where he wasn't playing hits, or he's in a weird phase here where he was playing nothing but hits, and you know, and not touching the actual album that he was promoting. And uh, So this is kind of, it's just an interesting period. Because he wrote two albums that are really great albums. Freedom is a great folk album. Ragged Glory is a great, more up-tempo uh, record. It's a Crazy Horse release on that one. That uh, I, I, The Crazy Horse releases are the ones people tend to favor a little bit better, I think. That's what I've noticed, anyway. Uh, Freedom, uh, the, the Rockin' in the Free World is technically a solo song. It's technically not a Crazy Horse song. But you could be forgiven for thinking that it is. Because it's right in the pocket where he was also doing a lot with Crazy Horse that, I, I don't know, he's had such a weird and inter interesting career, and this is a really interesting part of it, where against the backdrop of this, he was also, like, grunge was starting to emerge, and he would soon be doing Rockin' in the Free World with Pearl Jam, and it's it's just a fascinating look into a really interesting time in his career that's about to get a lot more interesting, because, like, right after this, he became the grandpa of grunge. He became, you know, the grandpa of what rock and roll was in the 1990s. And that was a really fascinating period of his career. 
And uh, this is sort of the spark that lit that fire, this, this little box set, these four albums. And I've been enjoying listening to them over the past few days. If, uh, if you get a chance to pick up any of them, if you want to pick up one at a time, again, Ragged Glory, probably more of a rock album. Freedom has the song that you know is a Neil Young song on it. Uh, Weld is a really good listen. It's a really, really good live album. Uh, Weld and Ark were actually originally released as the same album and eventually just kind of got split up into two albums. But yeah, Weld starts out with a version of Hey Hey My My. Uh, it's got Blowing in the Wind is on here. I'm just looking at the back of it right now. Uh, Sinman Girl shows up. Nice live version of Fucking Up. Cortez the Killer is on there. Powderfinger. Rockin' in the Free World, of course. Like a Hurricane. And a weirdly out-of-time version of uh, Tonight's the Night that is a treat to hear because it's kind of, oh, that's hearkening to a different part of his career at this point. Uh, Weld is a really good live album. You should seek that one out if you're going to, like, of anything in this this box set, Weld is the one to look for because it's a really interesting snapshot of what he was doing at that time in his career and has some songs on it that you know. So yeah, I'm a, a Neil Young guy. Neil's kind of the star that I steer by these days. And uh, I, you know, I'm just collecting all of his stuff a little bit at a time. And this one knocked three off the list for me, a, a list that I think is, you know, well over 50 albums long right now. And I've got the majority of them. Not, I, not I'm not like 80%. I'm probably something like 65 to 70% of all the Neil Young albums, but I've got a lot of them. And uh, uh, not counting the Crosby, Stills, Nash stuff, some of which I also have. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a Neil Young guy. I'm always happy to add some more Neil to my collection. This is a cool box set that just came out that is, again, just from a really interesting point in his career that you might want to explore. If you're, if you're uh, more than leaning into Neil, like if you, let's say you have his greatest hits and you want to go a little bit deeper into, well, what was happening around Rockin' in the Free World? That's, this is the box set to grab after you've grabbed like Harvest and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, been been a really fun listen for me the past several days. Long time Neil Young fans aren't hearing anything new in anything that I'm saying. (laughs) But those of you who maybe just lean in and want to figure out how to go a little bit deeper, explore these box sets, explore the official release box sets, like find the couple of songs you really like on his greatest hits and figure out what period that falls into, and there's a box set out there for you. Maybe pick that up. This one's for the Rockin' in the Free World crowd. And that was a whole bunch of music that we just talked about. I think we're uh, done talking about it, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll play some music, and I'll be back with you on the other side of it. Okay, checkmates, thank you for hanging in there with me on this episode. Uh, I don't know what I mean by hanging in there, this one's a little bit short. Thanks for being with me on this episode. I really appreciate it. I always appreciate that anybody lets me do this at all, uh, even though I'm the one paying for the hosting. So, you know, whatever, send me money. Uh, (laughs) I should release merch so, so that you can do that. 
Uh, I'm gonna get my shit together on that at some point and put out some merch. You know, a couple t-shirts, stickers. I think I can do a lot of really good stickers. Uh, we'll 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 get you some merch here one of these days. But it's just that's just one of those things I've got to do. You know that I I haven't done. Um, what else is going on? Still watching Futurama. Uh, I mean, I hopefully I would be, you know, like I only reviewed the first episode of the new season last week and I've seen the second episode of the new season since and, uh, Futurama's really rewarding in that, like no major spoilers on this, just telling you basically what the plot is of that episode. Futurama's really rewarding if you're a longtime fan in that 20 years ago, there was an episode where Amy and Kiff, the little green alien guy, uh, had babies, and Leela, kinda, Leela was involved, uh, had babies that were born from Kif that were amoeba, not amoeba, what's the, uh, uh, amphibious type babies. So they were, uh, like tadpoles, kind of, and were in a, like a, a lake situation on a distant planet. And the joke at the end of that episode was, alright, it takes 20 years for them to reach a point where we can take them home, and Amy says, 20 years? I think I'll be ready then. Well, folks, it's 20 years later, and who would have ever guessed that Futurama would remember that and go back to pick up Amy and Kef's babies, which they did in episode two. Uh, just really rewarding in that way that you go, I, I can't believe they even remembered to do that. You know, like, this show is so well-structured, and so, like, there's, there's nothing left hanging on this show. Going back to the very first episode, they always had a plan, they always had an outline, they always knew they were going to pay off something. The show Bible for Futurama is impeccable. Like, they just know what they're doing, and they follow up and pay off everything. And they've continued to do that, and that's why I remain a fan, because they... It's one of those things where watching the show, I really end up feeling like they appreciate me as much as a fan as I appreciate them as a show. You know, and they just keep doing that. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the season and hopefully whatever comes after that. Hopefully more seasons or movies or whatever. I, I hope this show never goes away. Uh, still really enjoying it, is all I'm saying. I also watched uh, WWE's SummerSlam, which was, a, I, I really enjoyed it. It seems like the rest of the internet did not. Big surprise there, they're wrestling fans. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. It was a really good pay-per-view, but I will say it didn't really feel like SummerSlam. Like, the main event just kind of didn't, didn't really boil over and get there in the way that it needed to. It was fine, but didn't get there, you know? Uh, and it was weird that it's one of the big four pay-per-views at SummerSlam. Uh, the tag team titles aren't on the show. The uh, women's title around Rhea Ripley's waist is not on the show. Becky Lynch is not on the show. Uh, it's just odd what wasn't there, but what was there I thought was really good. I didn't think that there was a stinker of a match at any point on the on the bill. In fact, I thought there were some really solid matches. I had a lot of fun. But apparently I'm alone in that, as is, uh, <laughs> as is anyone who doesn't go to uh wrestling chat groups just don't go to that and you'll have a good time just don't just don't seek out other fans of a wrestling product and you'll actually enjoy the product um that's where i am anyway so i watched SummerSlam. i enjoyed SummerSlam, but it didn't feel like SummerSlam. ultimately it felt like another pay-per-view that was a good pay-per-view like it felt like it felt like what the pay-per-view before SummerSlam should have felt like, you know, like, <laughs> like SummerSlam should be next month and it'll be huge and great and, you know, whatever. But, uh, it was fine. I had a good time. Uh, I'm going to watch uh, Monday Night Raw here coming up, 
By the time you hear this, I will have watched Monday Night Raw. That'll be over. I might even be, like, watching AEW by the time you hear this. Seems like the show goes up on Wednesdays now. Didn't mean to make that transition, but it seems like I have. Uh, I, I probably won't have anything to add to the wrestling conversation after that, but just FYI, I'm going to watch Monday Night Raw. And I'm also going to see what I can do to tame these wild beasts that keep knocking around my blinds on the back door. In the meantime, folks, thank you so much for listening to me and giving me your time. I appreciate that you make me a part of your week, and I appreciate that uh, you are a part of my week. So let's, uh, let's keep being a part of each other's weeks. Please remember to keep yourselves happy, healthy, and safe. Please remember that black lives matter, that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, please, be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Hey, Liquid Death, I'm willing to add Murder Your Thirst into the outro there.